Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. And uh, our second scripture reading, uh, we continue in Nehemiah's story, Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, and verses 8 to 17, and this is uh, just after uh, the Israelites have finally finished rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. This is where we're picking up in the story. Let's listen again for God's holy word. On the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the instruction, that is the law, before the assembly. This assembly was made up of both men and women and anyone who could understand what they heard. Facing the area in front of the water gate, Ezra read it aloud from the morning until the middle of the day. He read it in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand, and everyone listened attentively to the instruction scroll. They read aloud from the scroll, the instruction from God explaining and interpreting it so that everyone could understand what they heard. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all of the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Don't mourn or weep. They said this because the people wept when they heard the words of the instruction. Go, eat rich food and drink something sweet, he said to them, and send portions of this who, to anyone who has nothing ready. This day is holy to our Lord. Don't be sad. (laughs) Because the joy from the Lord is your strength. The Levites also calmed all the people saying, Be quiet for this day is holy. Don't be sad. Then all of the people went to eat and to drink, to send portions and have a great celebration because they understood what had been said to them. Now on the second day, the heads of the families of all the people, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered together around Ezra the scribe in order to study the words of the instruction. And they found written in the instruction that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in booths during the festival of the seventh month. They also found that they should make the following proclamation and announce it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out to the hills and bring branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make these booths as it is written. So the people went out and brought them and made booths for themselves, each on the roofs of their houses or their courtyards or in the courtyards of God's house, in the area by the water gate or in the area by the gate of Ephraim. The whole assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in them. This was something that the people of Israel hadn't done since the days of Joshua, Nun's son, And there was very great rejoicing. Friends, for the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God around us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Well, if I had to guess what you're thinking right now, I guess you're wondering why in the world Pastor Lindsay just came and put a tent in the middle of the sanctuary right in the middle of the Scripture reading. Let me explain why I borrowed Silas's tent. 
In our reading from Nehemiah this morning, the Jewish people in Jerusalem, men, women, and children are all gathered together after they finally finished rebuilding the wall around the city. And Nehemiah and Ezra tell them, this is a holy day, a day for feasting and celebrating. And they tell them, go set up booths, not like restaurant booths, but actually more like tents. Go set up tents and invite your family and your friends over into your tents and eat together. This celebration is known by our Jewish siblings as Sukkot. Sukkot is the Hebrew word for tents. It's also called the Festival of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacle. It's a festival that's still celebrated by Jews today, and in fact, it starts next week. And I was lucky enough to be invited by some friends to an interfaith Sukkot meal this year, where Pastors and rabbis and other clergy will gather together to eat and celebrate. So, now that you know why there's a tent here, let's talk a little bit more about Sukkot and especially what it has to teach us about being present to each other as we're talking about this fall. Now, there are lots of beautiful traditions and rituals that go with Sukkot, but I want to talk about just four of them this morning. I want to talk about the tents, the food, the readings, and the season. So let's start with the tents. Why tents? The tents or booths are a physical symbol to help the Jews remember God's presence in their lives and to remember what God has done for them. Maybe you remember that after Moses and the Israelites left Egypt when they were slaves there, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And can you guess where they lived? In these tents, in Sukkot. They would take their tents with them and set them up wherever God led them to, and they would stay there. And then when God led them somewhere else, they would take down their tents and move them and set them up again. And so one of the important parts of Sukkot is that Jews construct their tents for a week to remember that story to remember how God provided for their ancestors all those years in the wilderness. So what did they do inside of these tents? They partied. They they were bigger than this. This is not an exact replica. They invited, you heard it in the reading today, they said, go eat rich foods and invite over your family and friends and eat together. This is a joyful feast, a celebration. What were they celebrating? Sukkot celebrates the fall harvest. As all the farmers gather in their crops for the season, and they are celebrating and giving thanks to God for all that God has provided them with. Lastly, during Sukkot, Jews read from the Torah every day. And one of the readings, called the Haftarah, is from the prophet Zechariah, from Zechariah 14. And that chapter describes, these verses they read, describes like the great Sukkot, when all people will be gathered in Jerusalem and they will build their tents and they will all worship God together in peace. Sukkot, when you think of it, is really an entire week 
of practicing being present to each other. And so we can learn something from our Jewish siblings. But as Christians, we don't celebrate Sukkot. But I'd say we have another feast where we do a lot of the same things. Can anyone guess what I'm talking about? Communion! I heard it. But instead of a tent being the symbol of our communion feast, I have another symbol to help us remember what communion is all about. Do you want to see what it is? All right, bring it in. Thank you. A cart. A shopping cart. So why a cart? Okay, two reasons. First, shopping cart is something that we use as we are preparing for a feast, right? We push this around the aisles of the grocery store, gathering all the things that we need to have a big dinner party with our family or our friends. And second, CART is an acronym. An acronym means that each letter, C-A-R-T in CART, stands for a longer word that helps us understand something about what communion means to us. And maybe you, I hear you shuffling your bulletins. You'll see in there C-A-R-T. And so if you want to follow along, you can write in your bulletins as we talk through these four meanings of communion, C-A-R-T. Um, and we're going to be pulling some objects out of our shopping cart uh, and putting them on the communion table as symbols to help us remember these meanings of communion. And we even have some bags for each of our kids with miniature versions of these things that you can take home with you to help you remember what communion means. So I need some help. A couple of youth are coming down to help hand out. Kids, raise your hands, and you, you're going to get a bag, Okay. Don't, don't go through everything in your bag yet, okay? We're going to pull everything out. I know, it's just like Christmas, right? We're going to pull things out one thing at a time, okay? So, everyone will get a bag, don't worry. One back here. Um, so, we obviously have a full-size shopping cart, uh, thanks to our friends at Zagara's. Uh, for loaning us a shopping cart this weekend. So what happens is I put my collar on and walk into the grocery store. And yeah, we, one, one more bag down here, Pastor Lindsay for Marshall. Oh, right, right here, right back there. Uh, yeah, I, I just was like, I have an unusual favor to ask. Can I borrow a shopping cart? <laughs> so we have a full-size one, but kids, take out the first thing in your bags, which is a mini shopping cart. Okay? And so you've got a mini shopping cart to help you remember these meanings of communion, okay? And now we're going to talk through all of them. The C in cart stands for celebration. Celebration. 
Just like Sukkot, our communion meal is a joyful celebration, one for the entire community, the entire body of Christ to come and to eat together. Um, Kids, uh, as our our youth can come down and start to set the table, um, kids, you'll pull out of your bags a party hat. Okay, you can put your party hat on if you want because it's a joyful celebration. Let's I hope you remember that communion is a celebration. And our youth right now um, are setting the table because soon we are going to have this joyful feast, this celebration, this communion meal in this sanctuary. And there is an invitation and a place at the table for each and every one of us. As they set the table, I'm going to talk about the A in cart. The A in cart stands for appetizer. Communion is an appetizer. The bread that we're going to put on the table isn't the whole meal. It's just a taste of God's big feast to come. And kids, if you reach all the way down to the bottom of your bag, you're going to find a tiny little piece of cheese. Okay? Old toy cheese, that's to go with your bread for your appetizer that is communion. And just like the Jews read from Zechariah during Sukkot and imagine the great Sukkot where all people will be gathered before God to give thanks, at the communion table, we uh, imagine God's kingdom banquet, one that Jesus describes in some of his parables, a feast where everyone is invited, everyone is welcome, where there is enough for everyone because we all share from what we have. Okay, let's talk about the R in cart. The R is for remember. Remember. Just as Sukkot helps the Jews remember how God provided for their ancestors, our communion meal is also about remembering. Remembering the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and remembering where the places where God has shown up in our lives. And so we're going to add a few more things to the communion table. We already have our Bible on the communion table. This is where we can read stories that help us remember Jesus' teachings. We can remember his life, his death, and his resurrection. We're putting up here right now, our youth, a copy of our Fairmount history book where we can see how God has provided for this faith community for more than a hundred years. And up here also is a family photo album where we can look back and see how God has been present in our own lives. And kids, you're so patient. If you will look in your bag and find something that looks like this, this is your very own photo album. And I encourage you to fill it with pictures of people and places and memories that remind you, that help you remember that God is present in your life and God cares for you. Finally, the T. The T in Thanksgiving is for thanks in in cart. Ah, I said it. The T in cart is for Thanksgiving. Communion is a moment where we pause to give thanks to God. As I said, Sukkot is a thanksgiving for the fall harvest. 
And at the communion table, we give thanks for all of God's blessings in our lives, for the bread and cup that sustain us, for the community that surrounds us, for the very life that God has given us. Kids, the last thing in your bag is a little journal with a sticker on it that says, thanks. This is a gratitude journal. And I invite you to put this in your room, maybe on your nightstand. And every night before you go to bed, I want you to write or ask one of your grown-ups to help you write three things in here that you are thankful for. And to say, thank you, God. Because communion is about giving thanks. And adults... You can do the same thing. I'm not giving you a journal, but you can start a gratitude journal. I've also put downstairs in the dining hall when we go down to eat uh, a stack of thank you notes, and I encourage you to take one of those with you today and this week to write a thank you to a neighbor or a friend or a family member or even to God. In a few minutes, you are going to be invited up for this meal at this full table at this celebration And you can see it one of two ways. Either you can see it as a long line that you have to stand in to get a little piece of bread and a tiny cup of juice. Or you can see it as a cart. As a celebration where we all come together for the joyful feast of God. As an appetizer where we get a taste of God's coming kingdom of justice and peace as a moment to remember God's story and God's presence in our lives and as a place to say thank you, God, for all of it. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.